You're listening to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. You've read the stories of the drivers and others involved in the sport that we all love. Now hear their stories firsthand via our all-new podcast to find out how their passion for motorsports has made life worth living. Can you believe we are, what, less than three months from Christmas? Yeah, and I'm so not even ready for Christmas right now. Have you done any shopping? Oh, God, no. Oh, I never do it early. Oh, no, no, no. I I I'm not one of those Christmas in July type people. I have a budget. I, no. <laughs> so my wife is is going to be very mad at me. Um, I have picked up a couple of things. First time ever. God, you're so much better than me. But I think I, I let her feel that I was ahead of the game mm-hmm. when she should know that's not even the case. I am never ahead of the game. I will give you that false impression that I'm ahead of the game but my god I'm so far behind I don't even know what to get her I don't know what to get my husband either I have no idea it's just one more roll on that baking sheet of life that's probably not gonna rise all the way <laughs> welcome oh, no. back to behind the wheel on <laughs> racing is this a racing show or are we talking holidays what I don't know I didn't want to talk football because I had it's, no it's reason to. It's too depressing for him to talk about football right I'm now. I'm not going to talk football. You know what? You, you know what I am going to talk about? <laughs> Seven and oh. Seven no, and God, oh. Yeah, you know what? You take your, 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 your New England Patriots, <laughs> and you know what? I can't help it that the Chicago Bears made a horrible decision in picking up Mitchell Trubisky. I was screaming <laughs> it. You don't pick up a kid who played one year at Carolina. I mean, if it were like a good school, like maybe, I don't know, Alabama, I'd be like, yeah, sure, pick him up. But no, one year at Carolina and the coach got fired the next year. Come on, give me a break. The kid's a paper tiger. Anywho, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk about this. You, you know what I am excited about? What's yeah, that? no, that's that's a nail I've been. He's Sorry. throwing things at me now. I'm throwing sharp objects at Ellen. I can't help it. He I am excited it. because this is a very important month that yes, actually should be an important year yes. every year. And we are doing this at the end of the month. We realize that. But you know yeah. what? Breast Cancer Awareness Month should be breast cancer awareness forever because, yeah. honestly, this disease could hit at any time. I mean, most people I know that have been diagnosed, in fact, the two friends that I did lose from this disease, both were not diagnosed in in October. In fact, one of them was diagnosed around Christmas. Yeah. One of them was diagnosed in spring. So and it's, it's what, one out of seven? Yes, one out of eight. One out of eight women. Yes. Um, and you know what? Don't Don't put it off. No. Don't, yes, October is great, and the breast cancer awareness campaigns are phenomenal, and Earlier.org and you know the American Cancer Society and all those organizations out there do such phenomenal work. But at the end of the day, if you don't take it upon yourself, male or female, right, go get checked. Yes. Then you're doing yourself a disservice. Exactly. And you're doing your family, your friends, and your loved ones a disservice as well. And we're going to hear a lot about that because... Our guest tonight is actually somebody who had that happen to them. Yes, and we realize this is a racing show, and yes, this person is a racer. So yep. don't worry that we didn't just contact some random woman that who who is, um, you know, going through the breast cancer battle. She actually is a drag racer um, that a former guest of ours um, introduced me to, and I'm pretty excited about it. Although I'm not excited about the fact that she's having to undergo what she's had to undergo, yeah. but you know the fact that. You know, you think about women having breast cancer, and you don't always think about sports or anything else. You, I mean, this could hit any any woman, and the fact that it's hit two motorcycle drag racers mm-hmm. 
two. And I'm sure, you know, you say one out of eight. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that could be at any given race. Yeah. It could be every other woman at that race, for all yeah. you know. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that um, we're seeing this hit, I'm not excited that it's hitting women in racing, but the fact is it gives you a real lesson in this could happen to anybody. Yeah. So we have the motorcycle drag racing queen from Lowell, Indiana. Uh, yes. Joining us. Now, we saw her as Sharon Magnet. <laughs> Ellen had her last name wrong. <laughs> but, but you know, at the same time, that's all that was out there. I mean, you know, she's, yeah. she, she, she's pretty private. We're talking yes. about Sharon Dubois yes. of H3 Racing. And, I mean, what just a moving story. I yes. cannot wait to get her on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... She's so super talented in every way possible, and even in being inspiring to others who are undergoing this kind of disease. It's amazing her story. I'm I'm so excited to talk to her. Yeah, this is this is going to be a good one. So stick around because coming up in just a few moments, uh, we got to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be back with Sharon Dubois from H3 Racing on Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. Attention racers. Race fans and gearheads, if you're looking to buy, sell, or trade the stuff that stokes your engine, then check out RacingJunk.com. RacingJunk.com is the world's number one online racing and performance classifieds, where you'll find what you need to rock your ride. Check us out at RacingJunk.com. Racing and performance classifieds built to go fast. So welcome back to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. Lil E, Ellen Richardson, Chris Young here. And joining us on the phone, we are honored to have Miss Sharon. Used to be Magnet, but now it's Dubois. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, because on Facebook. Yeah, she's Sharon Magnet. She's Sharon Magnet. So, Sharon, you know, before we get rocking and rolling, <laughs> how's the Magnet Dubois thing? Uh, well, I always uh, kept my whole name off of uh, Internet. Mm-hmm. And um, I was Sharon the husky magnet and because i have literally had huskies drawn to me my basically my whole adult life um i bought my first one and i've had five and the rest of them have come to me um and then facebook didn't like the the and they wanted me to change it so i bunched it all together and and facebook won't let me change it back to anything else now because it says i've changed my name too many times oh my god ridiculous (laughs) what if you had a background like zsa Zsa gabor or johnny Carson, where you got married 20, 30 times. That's right. Right. They would allow me to change it if I could give them, like, my birth certificate and prove I am who I am. But I really don't feel that that's necessary. No, that, they already know too much about us as it is. Yeah. I agree. That's just, yeah, no, nah, that's that's ridiculous. Well, well, Sharon, thank you so much for, for joining us. We, I mean, you know, we, we spoke a little bit earlier about, you know, some of the things that you're going through and a little bit about your background. But mm-hmm. we really want to kind of chat and learn a little bit more about you, like, for for example, tell us a little bit about how did you get into drag racing? Um, that was kind of accidental. <laughs> um, I had my mom passed away in 2006, and um, my first Mother's Day of uh, without her, I decided to take the Harley Davidson Learn to Ride course. And through that, of course, they put you on a motorcycles in the showroom and have you sit on them. And I fell in love with the um, 07 Night Rod Special. My husband insisted we buy that bike because he thought that he was going to have a second motorcycle. And 
And um, so we did. And he's only been on it alone for about 20 minutes or so. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't stand in the driveway and watch him go away on my motorcycle. But um, Uh because of that bike, we um, had taken a trip to the AMRA races in Bowling Green, Kentucky in June to see a friend uh, with a fuel bike race. And um, Brian Conley of Valley Racing in Beecher leans over to me and says, you know, your bike is basically built for that. And as I'm watching a small handful of ladies holding their own racing boys and having a great time, the wheels set in motion. I went back home and we started illegally practicing on back roads. Um, just just a little bit of gentle launching and stuff. And then I had my first... Because well, it's illegal on an open street. Because you, you technically... Yeah, well, it's not illegal if you don't get caught. That's, that's exactly. what I was going for. Thank you. Well, there you go. You're on back roads anyway in that's Kentucky. Right. I, mean, I just did a little bit... Well, I'm in Indiana, so we were in Indiana, and I just uh, uh, did a little bit of practice launching and stuff. So I did, I, I'm very, very um, insecure as far as what everybody's watching me. So I preferred to be somewhere alone, and my husband would go back with me, and we would do a little bit. And I practiced at the local racetrack us 41 uh, in morocco and um then my that was we went to the june race and spectated and by september i had had my first competition with the amra back again in bowling green kentucky goodness gracious now how did you go from just riding around on a motorcycle because most people that take the you know harley davidson course around here you know they just end up riding a motorcycle around or they own Mm -hmm. they ride how'd you go from doing that to drag I mean, obviously you said you went to the drag races and all that, but it's it's not often you hear about somebody who said, well, I tried, you know, t- I took a course on learning how to drive, and a year later I was drag racing. Or, you know, you do hear about them going to the drag racing schools, and a year later they're drag racing. But I got my driver's license in this state, and a month later I was drag racing. You don't hear that very often. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, did, I got my license in 06, mm-hmm. and in 20. 20- 2010 it was actually my first experience in drag racing so it had been a couple of years I had a Buell Blast for a few months and then we did go upgrade to the Night Rod Special um, and you know that V-Rod is kind of built for being abused a little bit I when we went in 2010 to that AMRA race and I saw like I said the, a few handful maybe six ladies um, I was in awe and they were like handling it like, like you wouldn't believe you know there was I was I was amazed and everybody seemed so really nice but I was nervous and like I said Brian kind of goaded me into that so it's all his fault I do blame him (laughs) (laughs) but we did that we raced a couple of races that year and then um we the the next year I was just all in I I was scared out of my mind but I I don't know why (laughs) well and you know what that's that's what I'd love to know take me back to that very first race that you did Put me in the mind of Sharon Dubois. What was going on? Oh my gosh, I had a stomachache. <laughs> I was so nervous. And, you know, I'm pretty self conscious. And, you know, it is a male 
male dominated sport and as a female it's you know just guy everybody's eyes are on you guys and girls alike and in the eyes of the guys I didn't want to look like I didn't know what I was doing so I was very nervous and very aware that there were eyes on me but um, it's it's all self-imposed nerves because it really isn't like that it was like that in my head um, just it, it was super exciting and super nerve-wracking and when it was over I was shaky, but I really wanted to do that again. So, you know, a couple of races into it. And then it all becomes this addictive thing of, you know, I need to do better. I need to go faster. I need to hit this target. And it's just a series of goals. And it, it never ends. And nowadays, you know, you hear about a lot of people starting drag racing younger and younger. Um, obviously, you, you started this a little bit older, just like Leah did. About what age were you when you started drag racing? And because I, I want to see more people like my age and then some going yeah. on some of this stuff. So how old were you when you went drag racing? And obviously you still got a bright future ahead of you, but um, I was 40, I want to say. Ah, love it. And um, well, you know, I was 40 when I got the bike. So maybe 43 when I started. Um, yeah. I started racing in 2010 and I'm 52 now. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I was I was older. Um, not necessarily having more common sense when you get older, especially when it comes to that. But even with the younger kids, you know, I have found for my own personal um, experience is that when you do that in a controlled environment where there are safety measures and, and safety equipment, you're, you, you're safer there. And I felt the less amount of need to do anything stupid on the road after that so even the young people i would say if you're gonna do it do it there right and hey she's 43 so chris that means i have two more years before i could start drag racing i mean yay so <laughs> we're gonna gloss over that because of how ellen drives um, be scary but i'm sitting here thinking wow and because I'm, I'm 45 right and I'm thinking about the youth, you know, the people who are younger than us and my kids, first thing that comes to mind, she decided that she was going to drag race in her 40s. My 10-year-old, I can't even get him to take the trash out. Right. What goes through your head, Sharon? I, I mean, what was like, you know what? I'm doing this. What What? What was the, and I know you say you blame your husband for a little bit of it, but surely there had to be a switch that just flipped and you said, I'm jumping all over this. Um, you know, AMRA had a lot to do with it. Like I said, there was that handful of ladies that I uh, looked up to. And, and um, when we started the couple of races, they have a way of making you feel like they are your family. It's a very encouraging environment. You know, all your racer friends are, you know, fist bump before you go up there. Good luck. Be safe. They And the more time you spend in that particular circuit is the only one that I can speak of personally. The more time you spend in there, the more family you you um, develop, and anybody would do anything for you. But when it gets to the line, everything drops in your competitors, of course. But it's like it's an addiction, not not an unhealthy addiction. It's just you you need to do it. You feel bad if you're not. 
you're antsy if you don't. And then even if you're not going, you really have this, this missing yearning for your friends to, to hang out and do crazy things like race motorcycles and have fun all at the same time. That's a great answer. And speaking of that, you talked about an encouraging environment. How did that encouraging environment help you with your latest battle against breast cancer? You know, I um, I really didn't struggle about going public with it. Uh, it's such a common thing now, unfortunately. But um, I I went public with it with my AMRA family and with my friends and family on Facebook just because this is a thing I'm going through. It's consuming my life right now. And the amount of love and support and prayers and help is just... I, it, I can't explain how how it lifts me up, keeps me going, makes me feel like this is going to be okay. And it definitely is. So tell us a little bit about your diagnose, diagnosis, when you were diagnosed, and where you are with the, currently with your battle with breast cancer. Um, back in 2001, I did have a lumpectomy, which was not cancer. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty young at that point, too. I was only like 35. Um they, uh, I didn't really have to keep an eye on it, although I was pretty diligent about getting my yearly mammograms and everything. Um, and I procrastinated, as many women do, had a new job, got my mammogram before the new job. Two years into the new job, I was too busy. Next month, next month, next month, I'll go next month. Well, I procrastinated myself, procrastinated myself a year and skipped a year of my mammogram. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to notice some visual changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm 52 now and, you know, things are migrating south. So this just must be a change right. in the way my body looks. And then I noticed I felt something. I felt a little bit of a lump on the surface and I went immediately to the doctor. That was in August. Um, she sent me right away, August 1st, to get the uh, a diagnostic mammogram and then they ordered the biopsy and on August 9th I got the uh, confirmation that it was breast cancer and then quickly got an education about how many different kinds of breast cancers there are and which ones are the quote good kind or, or not good kind um, and then I just um, there's a series of, of appointments you have to go through and then you end up with a general sur- General surgeon, a plastic surgeon, an oncologist, yep. <laughs> and um, I just had a, um, a double mastectomy on um, October seventh. Okay. Wow. Well, the fact <clears throat> that you were able to have all that done so quickly—it definitely sounds like that's a good sign. Um, and of course, you mentioned—I happened to see it on Facebook yesterday—that you're going to find out the results from that to make sure there's nothing in your lymph nodes. What in a week or two weeks? Yeah. We did have, um, they check the lymph nodes right away when you're in surgery to see if they can start reconstruction right away. And they told me there was only a 5% chance of it being in the lymph nodes. And that came.
came back actually so there's nothing in the lymph nodes Wonderful. that's really good news Yay. there's one more thing uh, called oncotyping which uh, I'm still not 100% clear on other than this is a gauge of whether it's likely to come back in some way shape or form mm-hmm. um, and uh, there is a 40% chance of the oncotyping test um, coming back as being concerning and then we would have to be uh, looking at chemo or radiation um, that test probably won't be back for two or three more weeks but so far everything has gone in my favor I did opt for the double mastectomy um, I, I did that's another story too um, I was back and forth all over the board about what, what decision I was going to make mm-hmm. I really thought in the beginning I just wanted a lumpectomy and I was willing to do what it took to, to preserve myself and I know a couple of doctors and nurses had said I really don't think you would be a candidate for that because there were actually two lumps found on the right side and they were in what's called different quadrants which meant that there would be too much tissue removal to um, preserve anything so I was going to most likely have to have a mastectomy Um, and then in the process of all that (laughs) in my August race in Pennsylvania I had a bad launch on, on my faster bike and it actually threw me and I ended up with eight broken ribs in multiple places and in the hospital for a week uh, with a punctured lung and uh, I was in ICU and that kind of shifted my perspective a little bit and I realized that if I could make it through that kind of pain and this was so traumatic to me that I'm going to have a double mastectomy because one side, two sides doesn't matter and I want the cancer monkey off my back. Yes, So that was the that was the defining moment that helped me decide to to do everything and the fact that you battled back from both that surgery as well as your injuries shows you're a warrior which means you're going to get the thing and your life's got a long way to go so yeah i'm sitting here listening to this with my mouth open you know (laughs) just in awe you went through all of that and then went through these treatments and these battles and you still have this great spirit, this great sound, this, this positive attitude. Mm-hmm. What do you think has helped attribute to that, Sharon? Oh, thanks. Um, you know, obviously, I have a great support system. I have wonderful friends and family and my extended family, my AMRA friends and, and, um, and uh, Facebook friends, of course. Um, I really I don't think that I'm any different than... Um, I think everyone inside has this inner reserve of strength and that we can find it when life challenges us. I don't think that I'm any stronger or braver than anyone else who who has traveled the the breast cancer journey before me. Everybody's journey is different. Um, That's extremely modest, but I would disagree. (laughs) Well, I mean, but it is different. I just realized that that it isn't going to help me at all to be woe is me. Of course, the very beginning was was terrifying, and I fought back tears a lot. And, and but I had a great support system, and my friends would come over, and I just tried to do everything that I would normally do, because every day that you do something, you're one day closer to it being over. Right. You had mentioned your extended family, the AMRA, and when word first got out, did anything surprise you from anyone about the level of support? 
just, you know, the love. Um, and I mean, I know there's so many diagnoses out there and there are so many people before us who, who have survived this and thrived after this. And so many people, you just don't know. You know, I've had some of the women um, tell me their stories. And, um, you know, I've had people reach out to me that I didn't even know, um, offering help and if anything they could do, just the, the, the love and the willingness to to help out another person is just amazing and awe-inspiring. And I love everyone for it. And I really do think that they were a huge factor in helping me stay balanced and hopeful and, and faithful that this is, you know, it's not really a death sentence anymore. There are some very bad cases, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, if anything to take away from this, I, I one in eight women are diagnosed. So if you know seven women and you're one of one of the eight, one of you is going to get this diagnosis at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. And stage one and two is a 100 percent survival rate. Wow. But you have to go. Mm-hmm. And so I know that there were a few people before I when I was diagnosed who had said, I haven't gone. I'm overdue. It's been a couple of years. And they went because of me, you know, and, and I feel honored that they went and I feel good that something good came out of it. You know, I mean, I'm going to survive this. This is going to be a bump in the road. I caught it early. I did for a little while beat myself up because I did procrastinate that whole year. I did the whole what if, you know, what if it's been sitting there a year? What if I did, you know, what if it's worse because I didn't go? And that's a terrible feeling to be, to feel responsible for what's going on because you ignored it. And I know there are some women out there who have seen a change. And this actually doesn't even just apply to women. I think men get breast cancer as well. Um, The problem with men too, though, is that you don't have, they don't have to go for an an annual mammogram. Mm -hmm. So you really, they really have to look and see and do not dismiss if something's not right. And there's, you know, it's not normal. So I'm sure that if a man is diagnosed with it, they're scared and and embarrassed. And Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, but my, you know, my point was if you see something, just do yourself a favor and go because putting it out of your mind and procrastinating it isn't going to make it go away. In fact, it could make your situation so much worse. So I'm really grateful that this is an early stage and I should have a hundred percent survival rate and whatever is in my future, it's, it's going to be. And if I can get through the ribs and the surgery, I can get through just about anything else. I think that's right. And you, you know, we were going to ask you about advice, but, you know, just to give you a little encouragement as well, I had a friend two years ago that was diagnosed with stage three, didn't find her lump until that Saturday before she went on Monday or Tuesday and was diagnosed with stage three. She had to go through radiation and chemo plus a double mastectomy, but I can tell you now that she is 100% healthy, in remission, awesome. has been in remission for a year. Um, you know, they won't call her healthy for another four years because you have to go right. years without, but she has her hair back, she has her health back, she has her energy back. She's who I used to know, and honestly, she's even more inspiring now because she's always willing to 
talk about it. And she's always been all inspiring to me because she's always there for other people. But nowadays it's mm-hmm. even more so. So it's made her stronger. And I believe mm-hmm. it's the same for, thing for you. Um, so, which you're already strong. So good <laughs> look out. Whoever has to drag race to get this lady next. I feel bad for her. I, I don't even want to get in front of her in the grocery line. Oh, I know. I, you just go right ahead. Because, I, just, I tell you, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here literally, and Ellen can attest to this, I rarely shut up. Um, <laughs> even more rare am, am I left speechless. But, yeah. you know, Sharon, hearing that story, hearing, you know, what what you've gone through, what you're going through, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It, what advice or what words could you give others that, you know, A, don't know if they got to face the battle yet, or B, are facing the battle? Or have just been found out they're going to have to face yeah. the battle. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, it's it's a huge mountain standing in front of you, um, but you can only get over it one step at a time. You can't research yourself into a corner in fear because there's a lot of information out there. And you can't, even though you get advice from other people that have gone through the same thing, do understand that, you know, cancer is a lot, breast cancer anyways, is is a lot like a fingerprint. There are so many different types and combinations and factors that just because someone says this happened to me, it doesn't mean you're, it's guaranteed to happen to you. And stay, if you're going to research things, stay in medical websites like Mayo Clinic and, you know, reputable places. Don't just Google search this stuff because you will make yourself crazy. And at some point, even if you are on the reputable web, reputable websites, you, you need to stop. And my, my friends made me do that too, because I was looking at some stuff and they were like, stop it until you know. Um, the journey in the beginning is a lot of wait, wait for this result and wait for this appointment. And then you get to that appointment and you still don't have an answer because now you have to wait for another result. I did genetic testing after the fact. Um, there's so many factors to think about. I am not a doctor or a nurse. Um, I understand some of it because I worked in medicine for a short while. Um, but there's so many things people, some people are opposed to genetic testing. Some people are all for it. That is your own personal thing to, to decide. I chose to do it because I already had cancer. So whatever, just finish the tests and let me have the most amount of information I have to deal with. Thankfully, I do not have any sort of genetic mutation. So that's great. Um, but there's so much to, to look at and so much to know. And it's a constant educational process. Um, find a support group. I have actually uh, an app on my phone. It's a breast cancer Healthline, um, and there's a forum, and even in there, there are some things that you just don't take everything at face value. Everybody's journey is different, so you know, walk your journey one one day at a time. And some days, the only thing that's getting me through is that every day is one day closer to the final result. And I know that I caught it early and did everything, and I let go of, of being angry at myself for not getting the test because I can't fix that. And I didn't do it willfully and with disregard, you know, so I let go of that. 
and you can you can't should on yourself Mm-mm. because you didn't you're not you can't go back there and fix it no. so just you know have have a good support group talk to your friends have people when i got my diagnosis over the phone my best friend had come over and it was about 10:30 in the morning and and i looked at her with tears in my eyes and i said is it too early to drink <laughs> and she said and she said yeah, she said absolutely not. And I had a little bit of margarita mix and it had orange in it. So technically it was a mimosa. Yeah, yeah. She said not only <laughs> Yeah, she said not only is it not too early to drink, but pour me a little too and I will drink with you. Okay. So then that was the beginning of understanding that that all the people that you can gather around you in your corner, the better. Mm-hmm. And my husband has been wonderful. He's doing everything that that I can't do right now which I'm under strict instructions to stop moving my arms because I still have the drains in because I'm obstinate and I've always my aunt says I've always been that child of of, don't help me I can do that myself and I have a hard time letting go of that so the drains are still in hopefully they're going to come out on Friday I got a stern talking to by my surgeon yesterday yeah so I would say definitely a good support system it'll keep you going the love the prayers and and just the hugs they will keep you feeling good so once this battle is complete which we know is going to happen soon and we'll just keep praying but what are your plans for your racing career once you come back from this and not only that do you see yourself doing something like leah did where she went out and not only raced but raced for a cure is that something you want to do or is it just something you want to put behind you focus on your racing and nothing else you know, I have I have thought about it a little. I'm not sure. Um, I would love to do something that gives back. I mean, let's face it. The reason that this isn't a death sentence anymore is because of every organization and every person who has gone out there to help. Um, and, and advancement is important. Um, I right now have the whole mind game going on, too, of the crash. So... Um, I know that I'm obstinate and I can get past that and that motorcycle is not going to be the boss of me. So, so it's easy to say when I know that I physically am not allowed to go anywhere near it for any time soon. Right. Um, but the hope is that next season I will get back on it and straighten it out and we will have a come to Jesus moment and, and everything will be good. Um, we are building another bike um, so hopefully that one will be done too. I definitely plan on, on carrying the breast cancer theme through. I'm looking at some t-shirts that, um, you know, not only carry the breast cancer theme, but the girl power theme and, and, um, be your own superhero. Um, I think it's important for future generations to know that they can do when they set their mind to it and work their goals, they can do just about anything. So, you know, I, I'm in the process of thinking about that. And I don't think, you know, I do think that it's something that I might be interested in. That's awesome. And you talked about the Be Your Own Superhero t-shirts. Where can our fans go to purchase those if they want to? Oh, goodness. I have only come up with the design so far. Okay. I am looking for a t-shirt supplier who can do it. Um, I think the design is pretty good. Um, I will most likely put that on Instagram and on the um, H3 Racing 220 Facebook page. Awesome. 
and um, Instagram is H3 underscore racing. So as soon as they are ready to go, I will put links to everything and, and, and hopefully hopefully that'll be soon. I'm looking for a t-shirt uh, company who can do it that doesn't cost me an arm and a leg. Yeah. Oh, I'm if you're sure a t-shirt a company and you can yeah. donate, um, yeah. please contact us and we'll put you in t- contact with Sharon. <laughs> that would be amazing. I have the image ready to go. It's kind of a Rosie the Riveter theme with uh, nice. um, a tattoo on her arm and, and H3 racing and be your own superhero. I like it a lot. It's the first time I've been excited about a shirt. I've been needing to make a shirt for a while. And so I've been sitting here not being able to do anything and playing with the computer. So I'm ready to go. I just need a company. So Sharon, once you kick cancer in the ass, what racetrack do you want to kick in the ass? Wow. Um, Well, you know, Uh, uh, the uh, Pennsylvania track where I crashed definitely I need to get that karma off my back mm-hmm. um, that one is uh, New Media Raceway we probably are going there AMRA has new owners and they um, are looking at other places I'm really hoping hoping they come to my local track in uh, uh, Joliet it's an NHRA track at Route 66 um, yep. I would love to race there that's a beautiful track it is yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, But, you know, amralive.com is the website for the organization that I race with. They will have um, next year's schedule coming up. Uh, We have a meeting next month to come up with all of our ideas and rule changes. And I anticipate their their schedule to be up after sometime in the middle or the end of November, I would think. Um, So I'm I'm game to go anywhere. It's a little hard with the RV to, to get to places farther away because we're in Indiana but we do race uh, next year twice in Bowling Green, Kentucky at Beach Bend. That's my, that's our home track. Um, we like it there a lot. So, I mean, I'm game to go anywhere. Of course, you know, sponsors for fuel, for gas to get us there would be awesome. I do have, I have, it's called the H3 Racing Doghouse, which is our RV. It's kind of a gas guzzler, but I did get it so that I could bring my dogs with me because they are my children. Oh, of course, <laughs> I know how you feel. I have my own for children, so I know how you feel. <laughs> in fact, I'm locked in another room right now with the door shut because she likes to cry when I'm not paying attention to her. Oh, <laughs> no, oh, baby. I understand that. I mean, come on. <laughs> so what more can you tell us about your racing? Any other ways that fans could get in contact with you? Sponsors. Uh, yeah, sponsors. Yeah. Yes. Who just wants to help out with the cause. How can somebody get in touch with you? My email address is all lowercase, uh, no spaces, H. 3 racing at hotmail.com um, Facebook H3 racing 220 um, of course the sponsors I would not be anywhere without them um, I've, I've been lucky enough to have some longtime sponsors who've been around since the beginning Valley Racing and Beecher Calumet Harley Davidson and Munster Spectro Oils the New Corner Bar and Grill in Linwood ENJ Auto Repair in Dalton LS2 Helmets and US 41 drag strip in Morocco. Um, I'm really, really pleased to have the support that we have. Always looking for more sponsors. I have the decal machine, so I can put you on my bike and on my trailer. Okay. 
in in five minutes flat. <laughs> so, and, yeah, and you know, uh, ra- drag racing is not a, a lucrative sport. So, of course, we're in the hole all the time. But anything we can get, fuel and uh, um, anything, actually. But most importantly, gasoline to get there. And yeah. um, Vance and Leathers, too. I have to tell you, I last year was my first year with Vance and Leathers. Um, I finally spent the money on myself. And they literally saved my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I hit, I did, I hit the ground all on my right side, and oh. I I barrel rolled for about a hundred feet, oh and I have I have battle scars down the right side of my leathers, and only a little bit on my helmet. So literally, Vanson leathers saved my ass. <laughs> what a tagline, too. I mean, uh, come, on. come on, you couldn't get a better sales pitch than that. I mean, you got a purebred champion right here who's a soldier fighter. I, I, there's got to be groups out there that would jump all over the place to sponsor oh gosh thank you i'm not a champion yet but um i hope to no 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 that's your next that's your next thing you are already a champion you might not have a title yet but you are Mm -hmm. yeah you're a champion for us yeah oh thanks so much and then on a personal self-serving note too if you do go to the amra live.com website there is a, a link on the upper corner let me go there and see for sure it is across the top black bar in the corner that says 29 special 2019 special recognition awards Mm -hmm. and anyone can go there and vote my name is there a couple of times but please vote for whoever you feel should deserve but um please go vote if you want to that would be awesome as well yeah Yeah, absolutely absolutely. yeah please go vote sharon you have such a great story i mean i know there's so many you know out there that, that have those stories and we actually encourage you guys to get a hold of Sharon, get a hold of us. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we love hearing the stories. Um, and I'm sure Sharon would be more than happy to not only share her experience, but also her enthusiasm and positive energy behind whatever you have going on. Absolutely. And I would love to pay it forward, whether you're just going through the, the breast cancer journey or the um, initial drag racing journey. I'd be more than happy to um, lend a supportive ear. That's well, awesome. You need to bring, what was you called it? The dog coach? What do you call it? The, it's the H3 Racing's dog house. The I H3 love Racing's dog house. dog house. Let me tell you, you need to, wait, we need to abbreviate that. H, H3 R, D, H. You need to bring the herders. You need to bring it all down to North Carolina so we can uh, so we can see it in person, see you in person. And yes. I mean, I, I would love to see you drag in person. We, awesome. We, we do race in, trips, so. we do race in Rockingham at the rock okay i didn't get to go this year because i was broken (laughs) but um usually our last race of the year is is the middle weekend in october at the rock yeah See, I, I unfortunately. We need to go that race. Uh, yeah, well, I, I gotta wear that disguise because of that. Oh yeah, they don't like Chris. Yeah, Malcolm, I, uh, uh, really, that's legally, right. I'll go. <laughs> you know, talking about legal and illegal. You know, there are some places I can't get into. Uh oh. We'll get you a costume. Yeah, I got this old Howard Cosell. <laughs> oh, you know what? Speaking of costumes, that just triggered my memory. They changed the race this year. It's gonna be Halloween weekend, oh. so you can wear a costume and you won't oh, even yeah. be out of place. Why I'm gonna dress as. And I'm going to dress as Darth Vader for Halloween. There you go. They won't know it's you. Yeah, they won't know. Yeah, yeah, I got the little mask and the little voice. Oh, that's yeah. going to be awesome. They won't even know it's you. <laughs> there you go. We are so excited for your future. We and, and I love what you said a little while ago, that this is 
is just a road bump. Um, yes. you know, there's a bump in the road. You're absolutely right. Even the crash, because you know what? you got to get one under your belt and ask any drag racer, especially yes. professional. They've all had them. And yeah. They've yeah, all there's you're, there's yeah. two two groups of people: those who have and those are who are going to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Because if you have it, you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just glad it was on the launch and not on the big end, going 140. God knows. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that makes me kind of sick to my stomach to think about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just noticed that I can't watch stuff like that anymore. Um, yeah. Movies and stuff that have stunt people over the weekend. We were watching one of the Mission Impossibles, and and there were a couple of guys on, on rice bikes that tumbled and I physically hurt when I see it now I can't do it oh. <laughs> makes me want to hurt I mean I, I, I kind of view it and I'm like wow that's a good stunt person then I yeah. think yeah. Karen's probably doing that I'm like I call bullshit yeah a lot of people I, I call so covered in cotton it's ridiculous and all they're all they've got like oh, you know, yeah. they, they hit what those big blow up bags or whatever they got yeah, and the big they actually boxes. I guess now they do have a um, suit that when you get disconnected from the bike is an airbag inside and it's rechargeable oh, <laughs> well, wow. see that's what you need that'd be cool i know my that'd son told me that too is, is that like one of those big sumo things like when you leave just, just kind of <laughs> no it's well it's not as big but oh. um it does puff up inside your leather so my son was like i should get you that yeah, yeah he should that's a great idea <laughs> that'd be a great thing too i need one in my car just in case could you imagine you know <laughs> doing an interview and you just run by and you hit the emergency <laughs> button and i was just whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and they, ah! they Stay puff marshmallow man rolling around. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, Sharon, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. What such a energizing spirit you had. What a great story. We cannot wait oh, gosh. to see what happens next. Yes. Oh gosh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we'll be praying for you. You're gonna make it through this with flying colors. Oh, thanks so much. You You're take welcome. care now. You too. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Bye. I mean, so every time we end up talking to somebody, I'm more and more impressed with who you bring to the table. Um, we have to thank Leo Martinez for bringing this one because... Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Gotta love our dreamcatcher. She caught a dream for me. <laughs> Let me tell you what. She She's outstanding. Yes, yeah, she is. And Sharon is outstanding. Um, she is a champion, too. Yes. Like I said, she might not have a title, but she is absolutely a champion. Um, I don't have any titles, and, well, I don't consider myself a champion of anything either, but... <laughs> what and, and, and what a story. Um, the one thing that I just kept thinking in the back of my head, the takeaway... Mm-hmm is get checked yeah get checked male Absolutely. female animal get checked animal. <laughs> so do we get our dogs checked now too? yes i mean wow how do they I mean, go about you know, doing that i don't know and then uh, granted you know in in, in her instance mm-hmm. who, who knows yeah who knows but hindsight's always twenty twenty. um well it could come up overnight it's like the friend i talked about hers basically came up overnight and yeah. while Sharon's wasn't hereditary, hers was. Did right. she know it was going to be hereditary? No, because no. no one in her, well, one person in her family was, you know, distant family. But it came from the whole other side of the family. So did she know that was coming? No. If you take anything away from what we do, please get checked. I know yes. that October is Breast, Breast Cancer, Cancer Awareness Month, month mm-hmm. but you need to be aware all 24/7, year long. 365. Yeah. It's don't don't do it just because it's a month. Don't do it just because you heard a great story and it moves you. Do it because you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lil E, tip of the hat. That was fantastic. Sharon Magnet. 
actually Dubois. <laughs> I had her last name wrong Dubois. at the beginning. Hey, I'm bad at last names anyway. So if you ever see a last name in my stories and you you notice it's wrong, please point it out to me because Ellen hates remembering last names. I I barely remember. You my know old. what my motto is, right? You remember my motto? I don't even call Chris uh, Chris Young. I yeah. Call yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, what what she I calls call you Chris me Tater. Is, <laughs> what, what she usually calls me is not regulated for most monitored <laughs> systems of communication. That's right. Um, but you know my motto. What? Often wrong, never in doubt. <laughs> I live by that to this day. So she will forever be Sharon Magnet. <laughs> Sharon Magnet Dubois. Um, but no, we, we, we do wish her the best in her battle against breast cancer. And if you know of anyone, if you have any stories like that, mm-hmm. hey, man, we love them. Uh, yeah. we, we love not only hearing them, but we love sharing them. Um, sharing them for Sharon. Hey, all. Uh, <laughs> So please get in touch with us. We we love to have more people on. We are going to be doing a whole lot more this year. So, um, yeah, just how do they get a hold of us? Info at racingjunk.com. Hit me up at erichardson at automavenpro.com. Um, we would love to hear your stories. Um, we not only want to talk to drivers, we want to talk to people that are within the sport. Yeah, I love so, the behind the me. scenes. Yeah. I love the behind the scenes. Hey, we're going to be talking to some, some SEMA people here soon. Oh, yes, so, that's coming yes, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think so, we'll get the champion again? I hope so. That's the plan. I think so. And when we say champion, not champion of SEMA, we're talking about the champion for the Battle of the Builders contest, so yeah. stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, you know, the stuff that we care about. <laughs> hey, we care about the whole show. I still haven't got to go live yet. If you I mean, communicate hello. with us, we care about you. That's right. If you send your PR flackies against us, we, we might not be back in touch. With uh, yeah, you. I might not be back in touch. I might still care about you. Or if you blow me you. off more than once, I'm not going to chase you. Sorry. Well, see, given my background, you get blown me off at least five times, and then I'm like, okay. Well, that's for the women. If you're like one of them drag racing women, and you're hot. You can keep blowing him off. He's going to keep coming back. He's kind of like a stalker. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, well, no, not since that little, what, what was it they gave me the other week? Oh, yeah, an order, restraining yeah, order. Yeah, that one not, that Brittany sent you. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> look, those are done in mistake constantly. <laughs> I understand. You know, it's just, so, you know what? You got to really understand the questions that I'm asking before <laughs> well, you, you come to the assumption of your Brittany answer. When she was already engaged. I mean, come on, man. I didn't know if she lived this in Utah. This before he met his wife, by the way. <laughs> I just binged Big Love. You can't blame me for that, okay? <laughs> you can't blame me for that. He does want to have a lot of... <laughs> I mean... What's happy wife, happy life, right? That's right. So I, obviously, I'm taking a gamble. If I have nine or ten wives, one of them's gonna be happy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's just how life is, Ellen. So we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. And please, if you have any information or anybody you want us to talk to, or you want to talk to us, we love behind the scenes. The behind the scenes is juicy. It's juicy. And we I don't can, like what he says that word. Can, it makes me nervous. I know. She <laughs> saw creepy. my face light up and she just got terrified. <laughs> but please get a hold of us. And thank you so much for joining us on uh, this podcast. Uh, we look forward to catching you next time. Uh, behind the wheel on racingjunk.com.